Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. And we are doing a blind item spectacular episode. Uh, it's been so long since we did one of these and I'm so excited to get back into it. Y'all know I love my blind items. I read my gossip blogs every night. Um, I, I pick up the habit again um, and I've been talking to my sources more. Um, and while we don't have a drunk gossip exclusive blind yet... Um, they will be coming very soon. Um, so, the first blind item comes to us from our friends over at Blind Gossip. For all the best blind items, head on over to blindgossip.com. This one is called Ben Franklin and the Sisterhood. It says, there's an old expression about secrets. In the July 1735 issue of Poor Richard's Almanac, Benjamin Franklin said, Three may keep a secret if two of them are dead. This TV actress is learning the hard way. Her attempt to secretly promote herself has completely backfired and has evolved into a big, or it has evolved into a legal morass from which there is almost no escape. We have a couple of interesting things to share with you about the case. The first is that the defendants are not behaving the, the way she thought they would. She is quite shocked that this is not going the way she thought it would. She thought she was going to she was being smart to court one media source and attack the other. She was 100% sure that the second media source would be intimidated and back down and settle with her. That didn't happen. No, it certainly did not. In fact, the second media source is enjoying the attention this case brings and is reaping the benefits of publishing multiple articles about her every single day. There's little to no incentive for them to back down. This stopped being about the original legal claim a long time ago. This is now a referendum on her behavior. If anything, the trial would stretch this out and be a real coup for the media company. Another shock to her is the impact this is having on several friends. It was dumb for her to involve so many people, and it was really dumb for her to deny her involvement. It is clear she's in charge of the group, and that they all take their marching orders from her. There are too many emails, texts, phone conversations, video chats to coordinate the messaging for her to pretend that she had nothing to do with it. Will all of her friends act in unison to protect her? Not a chance. The sisterhood is breaking. Each of the friends has now had to hire and pay for their own attorney. Most of them are not celebrities themselves, so this is very stressful for them. At least one attorney advised their client to temporarily cut, con- cut off contact with the plaintiff until the case is resolved. Will she protect her friends? She may be able to protect their identity, but only if this does not go to trial. If this goes to trial, she can't protect them. They are likely key witnesses and will certainly be deposed and exposed. What will the friends do? Look, this isn't the mafia. This is a bunch of women who were unwittingly involved in a public relations effort gone awry. There is no attorney on earth who would advise them to perjure themselves for her on such a ridiculous manner. They will not all lie for her. What's the big deal if they tell the truth? The big deal is that it would uncover the plaintiff's big lie. She claims that she had no involvement in them contacting the media or in the messaging. She can't afford to have that lie exposed. The public would turn on her. That ship may have already sailed. 
An additional and potentially bigger consideration is that once the friends are on the stand, other secrets and lies about her life and how she manipulates the press could be rooted out. What is your overall opinion about how the actress has handled this? She entered into the thinking that she was a credible and sympathetic figure and that she could walk away with a couple of million and the media firmly under her control. These were all serious miscalculations. She overplayed her hand and this will not end well for her. What will happen? This will not go to trial. She might try to get some sort of small settlement from the media company to cover her costs and pretend that she got a win, but the media company would actually be better off dragging this out for as long as possible. Very high probability that she will drop the case and walk away with nothing but a big stack of legal bills. How will she spin it? She will likely try to make herself look good by claiming that she is dropping the case to protect her friends, but it's really to protect herself. Alright, so I don't know all the friends because clearly, as the blind stated, they're not famous. But the the central person in this blind is Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle loves to sue the media. Her and Prince Harry have done it uh, for aerial shots of um, Prince um, Archie. And we've talked before about her bad behavior and how she convinced Harry to walk away from the royal family, much to the chagrin of Queen Elizabeth, and how Meghan Markle has put a wedge between Prince William and Prince Harry, who used to be super-duper tight. All of the gossip blogs, every single one of them, I don't care which one you pick up, all have negative stories about Meghan Markle. And for a long time, I bought into the premise that um, it was the Queen's henchmen going after Meghan. And it, it very well still could be. However, I think Meghan Markle is just plain bad. I think, I think she thought she could go up against the royal family and win. Um, she proved that point when she tried to sue the queen and fight for the right to use the word Sussex Royal. And the queen would absolutely not back down, um, much to Megan's surprise. And this is something that I think she's learning more and more, is that people are not backing down. People are not afraid of her um, the way she feels that they should be. She thought when she married into the royal family, um, that that meant automatic respect and a lot of power. And that's where this war with the media comes in. Because I truly believe that she thought, hey, I can do this. I can um, do whatever I want to do. I can have my friends put out this messaging. And no one's going to say anything about it. And then several newspapers actually came at her and said, hey, like, why are all these people saying the exact same thing? You're in charge. And she tried to sue them. And it's backfiring in such a spectacular fashion. Um, If she had stayed within the royal family, if she had um, taken Queen Elizabeth's advice, none of this would have happened. 
you know, um, Prince Andrew was advised not to do his televised interview um, about his connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Queen Elizabeth was completely opposed to it. All of her advisors were opposed to it. And she did everything in her power to compel him not to do it. But Meghan Markle and Prince Harry both kind of rooted and said, yeah, like, do it. It'll help clear your name. And all he did was backfired on him. He immediately started listening to Queen Elizabeth, his mother. Um, and while the scandal has not died down, you don't see his name in the paper as the headliner. Um, now it's his connection to um, Ghislaine Maxwell, or however you say her name. Um, or if there's a story about Jeffrey Epstein and um, the pedophile ring. Like, his name will be mentioned. But he's he's not getting the headlines that he once was. <clears throat> Megan would do well. Would have done well, I should say, to have listened to the Queen. Now it's too late. Now she has made an enemy of the Queen. And all I can say, people, is grab some popcorn and enjoy the show. Because Queen Elizabeth is about to teach her... Who the boss is. <laughs> Alright. I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> so. This next line item also comes to us from. Blind Gossip. So head on over to blindgossip.com. It's called the dad bod solution. And it says when we talk about celebrities. Who have had plastic surgery. Most of the time we are talking about women. Today we're going to tell you about a male star's plastic surgery. He has been a movie star for a long time. When he was in his teens, he had no problem keeping fit. Together with his childhood friend, another movie star, he watched and participated in a lot of sports. The two of them could work and party and still maintain their six-packs. The years rolled by and the rolls around his torso increased. Our guy began to look a little doughy. His friend has a different body type, taller and thinner, which made our guy look short and chubby by by comparison. This made it even harder. He would shape up for a role and then relax in the off-season. He knows his natural shape is probably a dad bod. He went through years of dieting and counting every calorie so he wouldn't look fat, especially for the action pictures. He was tired of it. Then came... The role for which he purposely, purposefully piled on a lot of weight. Disaster. After, after that role was over, his body was never the same. He really struggled. He lost a lot of weight, but then he finally got liposuction. He was back to a six-pack. Here's the thing about lipo, though. Once you have the fat sucked out of one place, if you gain weight, the fat will appear somewhere else. That's why his torso looks wonky. Some of it is a six-pack, but the rest is forming new pockets of fat wherever he, whenever he gains even five pounds. He's thinking about going in for another round of lipo to even it all out. So, first of all, I really feel for this dude because, trust me, when I was younger, um, before I graduated high school, I never weighed more than 100 pounds. Um, I could... Um, my aunt will attest to this. I once ate three things of chili fries. 
Um, and these were really big plates of chili fries. Um, no, and I never gained an ounce. Maybe a belly ache, but never <laughs> gained weight. Uh, and then... And then I... Um, after a while, my metabolism slowed down and I started gaining the weight. Um, and ever since, I've been up and down. I'm currently, I'm down to a, a weight that I'm happy with. Um, I just got to get back to working out. Quarantine has really um, messed with my brain. Um, and also made me lethargic. Um, so, I think the answer to this blind is Matt Damon. Uh, with Ben Affleck being the taller and skinnier friend. And, you know, there were some photos of uh, Matt at the beach with his family. Um, he has his shirt off, and I don't think he looks bad. You know, I... Um, I think we need to stop putting such an emphasis on whether someone is um, real thin or, you know, has a six-pack. Because when you look at the majority of us, we don't have six-packs. We're not real thin. We are... um, We're eating, and we're healthy, and we're happy. And I've never quite understood why celebrities are forced... Uh, into this role of you have to look a certain way. Um, Melissa McCarthy is probably one of my favorite actresses um, uh, at the moment. And she just looks like she's enjoying herself. Um, yes, she's lost some weight, um, but it seems to be something that she wanted to do and not something that was forced upon her. At least I hope it wasn't forced upon her. Um... And, you know, the guys who really gain um, gain appreciation from fans, both male and female, are the ones who actually have everyday bodies, um, who look like they would hang out with you. Sure, we all drool over Zac Efron, who has more from twink to daddy, and seemingly the blink of an eye. (laughs) But, you know, he, even he's had kind of his bouts of um, gaining a little bit of weight. And really, he, I, I hope he does um, put on a little bit of weight because, remember, he has an addiction. And we don't, um, we don't want people to fall off the wagon. So... Um, when it comes to Matt Damon, he, um, he, I don't know, for me, he's always looked really good. Um, I used to have the biggest crush on him, like, mm, yes, take me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm still not convinced he's not, a, he's not bi. <laughs> but he, to me, he always looked better than the Affleck. Um, and I don't know if it was just, like, my, the alarm in my head telling me that Ben Affleck was a douche, or, um, if I should have known 
that I was going to have very weird taste <laughs> in men. And if you ever if you ever look at my boyfriends or the guys I like, there is not one common theme among them. And it's like even it's bizarre to me. <laughs> okay. That's enough of that. I'm, I'm done traumatizing you guys. I'm gonna take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> so once again, um, we're doing the blind item spectacular today for this episode, whatever you want me to say. Um, insert your own theme or insert your own words here. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is why Will does not let me go off on my own a lot. Um, Alright, so our next line item comes from, to us from Blind Gossip again. It's called Definitely Not a Cooking Show. And it says, This woman started an extremely popular TV series that everyone was talking about recently. She, she was asked to give her reaction to a video. Based on the title of the video, she thought she was reviewing some sort of cooking show. Everybody knows that I don't cook. I don't know the first thing about cooking, but I'll give it a look. I can't imagine why anyone would want my opinion on a cooking show. After the first 10 seconds of viewing, she looked confused and frightened. Wait, this doesn't look like a cooking show. That's because it was definitely not a cooking show. She had actually been given the preview for an upcoming horror film. The film has a cooking-related word in the title, thus her confusion. Her eyes grew wider, but for some reason she could not look away. This is not my kind of show. Is this about a cult? Now I understand. They think I'm in a cult. When some sort of bodily fluid was forcefully expelled from the open legs of a woman, she lost it. She clasped both hands over her mouth and shouted, No, 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 no. Then she hit her eyes. Nope, not watching it. No, not a cooking show. Some people might think I am fearless when I deal with animals and hitmen and crazy cult animal people, but nope, not watching it. For someone so brave around scary animals and hitmen, it's fairly amusing that she could not even look at scenes from a scary horror film. Alright, y'all. We all know who this is. You know, they they hit it with my saying animals instead of tigers, but this is Carol fucking Baskin. Alright. <laughs> I don't think any of us are really surprised by this. I'm trying to figure out what movie um, she was watching, and frankly... I'm not seeing anything um, pop up. And I don't know why anyone would be asking her opinion on a horror show. uh, Or on a horror movie, rather. Um, I'm sure she had a... She had a brief brush with fame. uh, And... I guess one would argue that she's popular in her segment of the entertainment world. Um, But frankly, 
you know, if you're going to ask her about something, um, you, I would ask her about caring for animals or um, her relationship with Joe Exotic or being a reality star. I don't know that I would necessarily ask her to watch a horror movie. That's um, That seems very strange to me. Um, you know, I know a lot of people think she killed her husband. And when I say a lot of people, I mean me. <laughs> I, I do believe that she killed um, her husband. And I, I don't think she fed him to the, to the tigers, though. If that body is out there somewhere. Um, there's just too many things. You know, she... Um, the will was changed. She contested um, his kids getting anything. Yeah, and, and just really strange things. Like, if you didn't kill him, why wouldn't you want his kids to be part of your life? You know, and she's argued that um, her husband's kids didn't like her. Well, no one likes her. It's why Joe Exotic hired someone to kill her, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, really. And I'm not Cardi B. I'm not um, any number of people who believe that Joe Exotic is innocent. He's not. Let's be real and let's be honest here. Here, people, Joe Exotic knew what he was doing. If Carol Baskin was killed, that lawsuit died and he would get to keep everything. Just like Carol Baskin killed her husband, I believe she killed him to keep him from divorcing her and um, she was afraid of losing her entire fortune. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about a few million dollars, which is a lot of money to people like you and I. But it's certainly not the hundreds of millions um, when we talk about the Hiltons or um, Jeff Bezos. Like, we're not talking their legal money. We're, we're just talking about a big sum of money for the average person. Um... And it's really fascinating how money changed both of them. And for the record, Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic did the exact same thing. They were both keeping those animals caged up for the purpose of entertainment. So neither one of them has the moral high ground, in my opinion. Tell me what you guys think. You know my tags. Um, Facebook and Instagram at Author Ed Anderson. Over on Twitter, I'm at Author Ed A. I'm also going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> and the next blind item comes again from Blind Gossip. And it's called, When Cancel Culture Comes for You. Everyone seems to be ultra-sensitive right now. There's a lot of finger-pointing going on, and a lot of detailing every transgression and microaggression anyone has ever committed. It doesn't seem to matter when in time our history events took place. 
Things that were said or done five years ago, or even five decades ago, or even five centuries ago, are now being judged by today's standards. The result could be a beatdown, a takedown, a shakedown, or having the harshest of labels permanently assigned to you. However, this candle culture is not only the work of individuals. This TV star is finding out the hard way. The network thinks that time is up and they are ready to move on to someone new. However, they can't just dismiss, dismiss him or her because there's a contract. That's why they are leaking things from the inside that happened years ago. If this is the case, you have to ask yourself, who would benefit from such a move? Obviously, the network would save a huge amount of money if they could get that contract re- renegotiated or canceled. And obviously, that person's replacements would be landing a sweet gig that could last for years and years and years. So, <clears throat> the the most popular guests, um, going back to my generation, Gossip Days, and... Um, and, and reusing that format, the most popular guest is Jimmy Kimmel. And there have been a lot of damaging things said about Jimmy Kimmel. I don't remember, I don't quite remember seeing any um, negative videos or anything like that coming out about him. Uh, of course, people... Um, like to bring up his man show days and how misogynistic he appeared um, and not allowing for the fact that he could have grown and he has atoned for um, the sins of his past and he's not like some of these celebrities who hide his past um, he's he actually talks about it and he's actually apologized for doing these things Um, The other thing going against Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, um, being the answer, is um, the fact that ABC actually um, uses him as the face of the network. Um, More so than just about anyone else. Um, They just gave him um, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire reboot with celebrities. Um... You know, they renegotiated his contract in good faith earlier this year. Or earlier last year, I should say. Excuse me. Um, but there's just too many... Too many things that um, make me think that this is not Jimmy Kimmel. However, I do think it's a, uh, Jimmy. So my guess is Jimmy Fallon. Um, as we talked about before. Um, NBC really wants Jimmy Fallon off The Tonight Show. The ratings have tanked, um, and back when he was hired, his frat boy humor um, was comforting, and he was not going against, um, and I say this with all due respect to David Letterman, he didn't have stiff competition. David Letterman was always going to get the older audience, and Jimmy Fallon's job was to bring in the younger audience. The election of Donald Trump shifted the nation's sense of humor towards um, more political satire. Uh, and to that end, 
CBS had the foresight to bring on Stephen Colbert. And that move is paying off in spades. The ratings are through the roof. Um, You know, there's just so much um, going on. And with Jimmy Fallon... Um, you know, The Tonight Show has had a very tumultuous history um, ever since Johnny Carson left. Um, there was the David Letterman and Jay Leno fight for the show, with Jay Leno ultimately prevailing. Um, and then Jay Leno became the king of late night. And Conan O'Brien decided that he wanted to try pushing Jay Leno out and take the title of king of late night for himself. So he and Jay Leno fought. Jay Leno was pushed out. Conan was inserted into the late night show, or the, into the Tonight Show, rather, um, to a spectacular crash and burn, from which that show has never recovered. <clears throat> Conan was pushed out and paid a huge sum of money to leave, and Leno was courted to come back and take back his show. Rating stabilized, um, but the its reputation was tarnished. And four years later, uh, Leno was once again pushed out in favor of Jimmy Fallon. And again, Jimmy Fallon started out great. Um, but as the nation's sense of humor started to turn away from the grotesque and the frat boy stuff... Um, Jimmy Fallon's stock started to fall. And then there are other issues um, uh, attached to Jimmy Fallon, including an addiction and um, just other controversies. My source at NBC actually told me that he was part of a team that was instructed to leak um, damaging videos against Jimmy Fallon. Um, Their hope is to push Jimmy out and slide Seth Meyers into the slot. Um, There's a lot of debate about what happened to um, Seth Meyers' current show. Um, The name escapes me at the moment. Um, I keep wanting to call it later tonight, but I don't think that's what it's called. Um... But there's been talk that Lily Singh, who hosts her super late show, um, could take over that spot. Um, or there's some talk of um, NBC making a uh, play for Samantha Bee. Um, I, there's a lot of moving parts, is what I'm trying to say. And um, we don't know everything yet. But I really, truly believe that this mind is... Um, Jimmy Fallon. I also believe I need to take a break and come right back. Okay, and I am back. And our final blind item today comes from Blind Gossip again. It is called Final Four is Not Final. And for all of you avid listeners, um, this is my version of Politalk. Um, I wanted to do a political blind item um, just so you have sort of the 
um, feeling that Will was here with us, um, even though he's not. Um, he is definitely going to have a field day editing and putting this episode together, though. <laughs> All right. It's, this blind is called Final Four is Not Final. Comes to us from blindgossip.com. For all the best blind items, head on over to blindgossip.com and have some fun. So, it says, presidential candidate Joe Biden is reportedly down to his final four choices for the VP slot in his campaign. Multiple people close to the campaign have leaked the names of the four finalists. They are Senator Kamala Harris of California... Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Representative Val Demings of Florida, and Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. So that's that's that, right? Nope. There are actually two other potential candidates, both women, who are still in discussions. Both women are famous. Both of these women were approached a long time ago but hesitated for several reasons. First, they did not really want to play second fiddle to Joe Biden. Second, they could not see him winning, and they did not want to be part of a losing ticket. That was a couple of months ago. A lot has changed since then, and they are now back in the mix. Publicly putting either of them into the mix would cause chaos right now, so no announcements will be made unless one of them is locked in. In summary, we may see a famous female come out of left field as a VP candidate if she thinks that their ticket can win and if she can see herself as president. So, all right, guys, let's talk about this. First of all, vote Joe Biden. Um... The world is in chaos right now, and we need his grandfatherly calming presence to steer us through this. <laughs> All right, now that that's out of the way, um, I think that there is, um, there are a few good names, um, that were thrown out for this. Um, there were names like Oprah and Gretchen uh, Whitmer. And I think both of those names are wonderful. Um, Gretchen Whitmer is probably um, one of the best politicians out there today. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Gretchen Whitmer is the governor of Michigan. Um, she won the landslide in a... In a or, oh, she won the election in a landslide. I can just hear Derek and Courtney now laughing at me because I can't talk. <laughs> and Will's just going to be like, what? <sighs> Why do I let him keep posting? Anyway. <laughs> so. Um, she won the governorship in a landslide election. Um. And her win ushered in a whole new era for Democrat, Michigan Democrats. I don't think she's on his on the shortlist for VPs anymore, though. Um, while I do think that she has higher aspirations, 
um, at this point in time, uh, she's had too many controversies in Michigan, and there are too many disasters that she needs to clean up here. Um, and Oprah, Oprah's Oprah. Um, I think she's a very savvy media person. Um, I think she knows what the audience wants and she can tap into um, that sort of thing. But I do not believe for one second that Oprah Winfrey has her sights set on the presidency. The two names that did stick out that kind of made me go, hmm, I've heard this. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, I get a bunch of tips um, from people all the time. Um, we just don't necessarily always follow up on them. We, we go with the people we trust. Or uh, we go with people who can verify um, their story. Um, like I told, said in... On the last episode, I believe, um, the Jake Paul story where he was on video giving head. I actually seen the video of him giving head, so that was kind of a no-brainer. But so I've heard that Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama were in the mix to be vice presidential picks. Um, and I, I also know that Hillary did play it very coy, um, during her last round of, um, she was doing a round of interviews, I forgot what she was promoting, I think she was promoting a book, um, it could have been, she might have been promoting her documentary series on Hulu, I forget, um, but in any case, um, she was asked very specifically by the co-host of The View and by Ellen DeGeneres what uh, whether or not she would accept um, the vice presidential nomination. And she downplayed it and said that she wouldn't be asked. But that if she were asked, she would, she would seriously consider it. Now, a lot of people believe that putting Hillary on the ticket um, guarantees Joe Biden the win. Because Hillary, um, he is very popular in places where she's not, and she's very strong in places where he's not. Um, Of course, she does come with her own set of um, baggage from the 2016 election. But... Um, given that four years have passed and there are um, a multitude of um, defenses now that Democrats have against um, any attacks that Trump and his team launch, um, I don't think she's the liability that others think that she could be. Michelle Obama is an interesting pick. She was encouraged to run in the primary, and she refused. Um, after spending eight years as first lady, um, she wasn't ready to 
um, get back into the political game. And a lot of people don't believe that she has a desire to, um, to do, to play the typical political game. However, um, she does understand how important it is for Joe Biden to win. And she and Joe get along perfectly well, um. He spent eight years as her husband's VP. Um, so she knows that. So they would be in, in a simpatico, as Joe would like to say. Um, the transition would be very easy. Um, and nearly everyone um, that I've talk to Republican and Democrat say putting her on the ticket all but ensures a decisive victory for Joe Biden in um, the very near future. Of the ladies that were named though, um, while I think that they're all very talented and qualified in their own right, um, Kamala Harris stands out as, as probably one of the best picks, um, and as one of the leaders of the party going into the future. Um, Susan Rice has started making, um, the rounds as a possible VP pick, um, and frankly, I think one of those two would be better suited um, nothing against uh, Mrs. Obama. I personally love her. Um, but we're going to want... Um, we're going to want someone who... Uh, wants to be in politics. Um, and is not just doing it to ensure Donald Trump loses. But someone who is going to continue to run... Um, you know, either with Joe Biden in 2024, um, should he become president and um, is running as the incumbent, or um, run for president herself. Uh, so tell me what you guys think. Leave me a voice message here on Anchor, or um, head on over to my social media pages, um, Facebook and Instagram at author Ed Anderson. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at author Ed A. Let me know what you think. But that's going to do it for, for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. And until the next time we talk, cheers. <laughs>